maybe that's the reason why I think the way that I do, because I've been so low as to not have a home, to lose my stuff three times, to get food out of a dumpster, sleep in a house that's abandoned, sleep in a place with no plumbing or electricity. Like I've done it. I've been there. I've had times where I had no place to go. So I'm very grateful for what I have now. And I stay very humble. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Ladies and awesome token gents, this episode embodies the Femcanic spirit. Linda Meck is in the driver's seat today. She is the shop owner of a Woman's Worth restoration shop in Tucson, Arizona. Not only does she share lessons learned around opening her own shop, but she dives into what it means to explore our worth. She gets vulnerable and shares about her journey, battling an opiate addiction clear through sobriety. Enjoy this powerful show. So why don't we just jump right into it and why don't we start kind of start in the beginning and share how you stumbled upon or dove head first into the automotive industry? Well, it initially started with my sister. She's a Mustang gearhead. I grew up around them. It's kind of funny that I work on them every day now. Before I moved to Arizona, I messed around a few different little shops. Actually, there's there's so many different stories with vehicles and just my life in general. It's, it's kind of funny. That's how I managed to meet like my daughter's father because he was messing and painting a door every every aspect of my life has something to do with a car so it's just something i've been around all my life and then when i moved out here to arizona uh robert who's my fiance owns a restoration shop and then i just kind of dove into that it started out as just wet sand in here and there and then it turned into painting and body work and done other small projects but nothing full on and here i am every day doing what i love i never expected that i never expected this is what i'd be doing but i love it i'm gonna trade it for nothing how old were you when you first started tinkering around with cars oh tinkering around i was a kid with my sister so i don't know a tiny a small hopping in and playing in them she'd be messing around with stuff on the car you know i'd be her little go gopher as they call them go for this go for that so right on you know all all my life eight i mean if you were to guess oh younger than that yeah Yeah. i'm she's she's older than me she's about 20 i want to say 20 years older than me she's older than me Uh uh-huh no offense, Marie, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, don't want to be dog out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're uh, not calling her old. You're just saying she's older than you. Yeah, but some people take that. <laughs> so literally, you've been tinkering around with cars since you were little, little. You eventually... Mm-hmm. All my life. You had mentioned here that you actually lived in Ohio for a stint. I lived in West Virginia first, and then I moved to Ohio when I was about 16. Yeah. So I grew up in West Virginia in the middle of nowhere, and then I moved to Ohio, and then I moved out to Arizona because of Robert. I bring it up just because I live in Ohio, and when I read your driver's seat form or your Mm pre-interview form, I'm like, Ohio, look at that. How about those apples? Small little world. I know, isn't it? So you 
got into car, you've been in cars pretty much your whole life. What got you interested? Because you do painting in restorations now, right? Yeah. Got you into that aspect because there's so many aspects about cars. Okay. So like I said, Robert owns his own shop. Initially, it was like, when I moved out here, I was thinking like, oh, I'm just going to take it kind of chill. My plan was to like stay at home with my daughter. At the time, she was two and a half. So when I was two and a half, she was like two years and three months. She was small. Um, and my plan was just to like focus on her until she got like in the kindergarten, first grade. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> um, he was like, I need help. I need people on the shop. And I was like, okay, I'll go in. And I think, I mean, I worked here for about a year. A year and a half with no pay, just figuring out exactly how they do things. Because everyone does things differently. Like I had a little Chevy tracker that I, you know, tinkered around with. I always say tinkered, but, you know, that I worked on beforehand. It was my first vehicle that I had actually owned myself. I don't know. It's just him, essentially. He is the reason why I do this every single day now. Like, I love it. I get around them. I, you know. The Mustang thing has been all my life, but the like my favorite car is the 77 Corvette that I did. That is something that I will, I don't know, carry around with me forever with how I felt as I was doing the car. Every time I touched one or every time I seen a customer come in and, and just their faces when they see their vehicle being done, like nothing, there's nothing that can, I don't know, give you that feeling like of accomplishment, like I did this. You know, I don't, I'm sure that makes sense. It makes sense. In my head sense. as I'm saying it, it doesn't. So, like, they just come in, and some of them have some really amazing backstories of their cars. And that's what I love to hear, of how once upon a time, 30 years ago, they smashed this into a wall or a guardrail or, you know, and they lied to their parents about what they actually did. I mean, I just literally heard a story a week ago about, you know, one of the customers doing this. That's um, awesome. And just... <laughs> Just to be able to reminisce, you know, sometimes they bring in their family and they talk about those times. And I mean, what is there not to love about the experience? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The transformation of, now see, it's funny because I've, I worked on cars, but I've also worked on houses. So you kind of have the same thing there. It's like, I can do drywall, I can paint, I can do all this, all that kind of stuff. Cause like for my brother, he owns his own construction business and, you know, now I took on the adventure of doing my own business, which is the, a woman's work paint body. And the title, and, and I kind of want to bring this out there because it's, it is relevant. So when I started, when I started my Instagram, it was initially a woman's work because like I said, I was, it was a year and a half and I didn't get a paycheck. And I was like, okay, now how do I get my plans crossed? <laughs> you know, like it's, it's time for me to get paid. Right. Finally profitable. I'm, I had slipped approximately because we had a U-Haul contract. I had slipped almost an entire fleet of U-Haul trucks and they profited close to a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, okay, now it's time for me to start getting paid. And so that's where the name even came from was a woman's worth. Like, what am I worth? I'm worth something. And that's why the name kind of just carried over to my business. And once I explained the stories, because then people are like, you know, I don't understand the name. And then it's like, oh, now that makes perfect sense. I love it. it it's, Other women are like, they love it. They understand it because they know because we all deal with it to some level. And I think you're spot on with this because mm-hmm. I, I often have that conversation with women as well. It's what is an hour's worth of your time worth to you? 
What do you think you're worth? Mm -hmm. And when you start asking yourself different questions and very empowering questions, you start to make shifts. Your decisions start to change. The type of jobs and who you choose to work with starts to change. And sometimes it Absolutely. starts with the question you ask yourself. When when I saw your Instagram handle, I'm like, that is a badass handle. I mean, if just <laughs> saying it, just saying it out loud provokes thought. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. Thanks. I'm really glad you like that. K- kudos to you. And it's a conversation that I'm hoping through Femcanic Garage Podcasts that through the various stories, stories like your story, that it starts really driving different types of conversations between women. We, we've had the conversations mm-hmm. and many women have experienced the sexism, the sexual harassment, the, the, the a lot of women have, and some women haven't in the industry, and that that's fine too. And whether you've had that experience or not, at some point you step uh-uh. back, and the very core foundation of it is, what am I worth? What do I believe I'm worth? Yep. And, and then it just, is true. You have to value yourself. You have to, because yeah. someone else will do it, and they will always undervalue you, always. His mom undervalued me. She laughed in my face. A woman that I respect, even now, I still respect her so much because she's done so much for a woman, women in her industry. Like, I mean, she's a role model to me. She's a role model, but she laughed in my face when I said I was worth at least $15 an hour. You know, I had jobs where I was literally like, you don't come in and I'm going to pay you 500 bucks a week just so your schedule's free. And then when you come in, I'll pay you as the job goes. I was like, honestly, like, is this, is this real? Like someone valued me for that level. And at that point in time, I was like, wow, like someone could pay me to do absolutely nothing, nothing. But I mean, obviously there's worth so much more than that in a paint job, but this was like a small little shop here in Tucson. So it's like, I was just flattered by it. You know what I mean? Like, can make my time anytime I want to. I can do anything I want to do on my own time. So I didn't take it because I don't just want to take someone's money, but I could have. But she was just the idea that she was saying I wasn't worth 15 bucks an hour. Right. Mm-mm. That didn't sit well with me. Good she did, she's done so much for she's done so much for other people in the industry. It's like that's a great message that you're know. sharing right now, Linda, where you are even going to run into people that you admire greatly. And that you respect mm-hmm. her. And it still comes down to you and your self-worth. And sometimes it's looking those people that you respect so much and saying, I disagree with you. And that's okay. It's like that, does, that doesn't yeah, mean you have to is. have an enemy. You don't have to have an enemy. And it's okay to no. disagree with that and go after what it is that you're worth. Exactly. And that's where the idea of just saying, okay, well, then I'll just do my own thing and I'll get up my own thing. And, you know, I made a lot more money doing, you know, a car by myself than I did, you know, working underneath of so in another company, obviously. That's a great segue but into just, your company. So talk a little bit mm-hmm. about, you kind of shared why you moved into starting your own company because you're kind of getting lowballed, And at a point where mm-hmm. you just mentioned, you make more money if you do it yourself without the layers. 
when did you start your business? What were some of you, if you knew then what you know now, kind of lessons learned when you started it up? Oh, God. Okay, guys, get ready for this. <laughs> okay. So something, a woman reached out to me last weekend, I believe it was, and she was like, what are the tips and pointers? You know, I admire you. And, and you know, I love it when people reach out to me and say that kind of thing anyway. But things that I wish I knew, you can't do everything. You can't. You cannot. It's, it's, you can do a bunch of things and be good at it, or you can do a couple of things and be great at it. So that's, that that's where, that's the biggest piece of, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give someone is just pick a few things and be really great at what you're doing. Can you give an, think example? That you can do everything. give an example oh, of what you're okay. talking about, Linda? Okay. Someone at the shop wants to try everything. And I, it's, it's like trying to find what you want to do forever even though you're not going to do it forever like i i don't know if i'll do this forever my goal is to obviously do it forever but i can i can do a paint process from sandblasting through buffing okay i can do all of those things but i'm really great at it's i'm not a mechanic okay i know a lot of mechanical things but i'm not a mechanic so the course that project this is the best example i have of this like I took that on at the, the end of paint, which I did the entire vehicle myself. No one's going to take that away from me. So I did the entire painting, you know, the entire buff. I did the sand out. I didn't do the buff out detailing Tucson. Big shout out to them. They did it. They did it. Then the mechanical work came. Okay. And like I said, I'm not a mechanic. I always say that a thousand times because I'm not one. I trusted certain people to do the work for me. I was let down hugely. They dropped the car off. It wasn't running correctly, you know, and, and I mean, they were paid very well. I mean, any mechanics out there, I paid $45 an hour for it to be done and it wasn't done on time. It was two months late and then it took it off. It was wrong. Like I'm not a mechanic, but fans that I was there for and witnessed, wow. like, uh, the, the master cylinder needed to be changed. The brake booster needed to be changed. And I had mentioned it a month prior to the guy even coming to pick up the car. And they were like, no, it's not that. It's just not feeling. Well, it's just not feeling. Like, I know the, those kind of basic things, but I'm not a mechanic. You know what I mean? Like, I can give advice, but these guys were supposed to be like, we know exactly what we're doing. They, they own their own business. Just pick a set, a set of skills. Okay. That's a set of skills. You can't do everything. That's just the bottom line. It's impossible to be able to do every single step and be perfect at it. And then if you take on too many projects, don't take on too many. Like I'm looking at the back door of this place and I was like 15 projects. It's just too much. When you decided, hey, I'm going to start my business, what were the first two to three steps that you did to open your own business? Well, I am DBA which is doing business as. So, I mean, there's a, a license you have to buy. You have to buy your name. It's not really difficult here in Arizona. It depends on the magnitude of a business that you want to do. And obviously getting a building. It didn't take me very long to do any of those things. It's not hard to start a business. It's hard to just knowing the legality, like the legal stuff. That's difficult. I know right now that I'm protected to some level because of what happened, because I subcontracted work out. So I'm covered. I had another business do that work. It's not difficult to get started. The, the name was an issue. 
making sure you have a number, which mine is just my social because it's just very simple business. It's not mm-hmm. an LLC, which an LLC is a limited liability company, which is probably what I should be. But if I'm doing a project worth a hundred thousand dollars. Now, if I'm going to do a full on car by myself, I'll probably end up going to get my LLC license. Since it was just one, I want to do a project every one car, two cars a year tops. That's uh-huh. all I want to do. I don't want to flood myself because I see people flood themselves and then they're rushing to get things done. And then you have to hire more people. It's just, I don't want to rush. I love what I do. I want to take my time with what I do. Keep it simple. Keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that would be the, that's it. Just keep it simple. I mean, you that's can good. get on legal. What's it called? The, the legal. Legal Zoom or something. Yeah, legal Zoom, and you can pay $60, $87 and get all your licenses and everything for that. And it takes them a matter of a couple of days. It's not as fast as they say. Believe me, it's not as fast as they say. But so, even a couple of so, days. You know, no. So it's, but it's cover yourself depending on what you're doing. That's really important. Like I'm covered and I know I'm okay. Like, I had a very close friendship with this, the, the owner of that Corvette. Like, he's one of my friends. He's not just someone I know. You mm-hmm. know, his car was here for almost three years. And when, and they mm-hmm. put so much trust in me. Like, I carry that responsibility with so much gratitude. Like, I appreciate everyone who brings their car in. And I appreciate everyone who's honest about how they feel. I want to know what they're thinking. Every aspect of that is so, so important. Like, this is your car. This is your money. I want you to be 100% happy. And that's how I know a lot of the people that I do know in this industry is because of people like that. Like, I know some some really great people because of this industry, for sure. There's a couple of topics. I feel like I'm getting scatterbrained. No, no, (laughs) you're you're spot on. You're you're spot on. There's a couple of topics I want to explore. One of them is you had mentioned in your pre-interview form around women empowering women versus women cutting down women. I want to talk a little bit about this and it kind of ties in with the women's worth. So maybe we, but still all relevant to the conversation in our pre-interview uh, sound check. It was fascinating to me, the conversation that we ended up having around that, where why do you think as women and not all of us clearly, but why do we, like, we think it's a competition or something. It, it's, you're, you're always competing against yourself. It's not about competing with other people. What's your take on that, Linda? Well, women in general, including myself sometimes, are just threatened by anything that is or could be greater than us. That's, that's we're terrified of it. Women are terrified of other women at times. We are. We just are. And anyone who says, no, I'm never, no, you are in denial. That's my take on it now. After, after the situation happened with that girl and her being attacked, and after I showed you those, those memes, like, that was disgusting. And not physically attacked. I don't want listeners to. No, no, no. No, it's not physical attack. No, no. It was a meme. That's why I said a meme. Yeah. I said meme. (laughs) Okay. So. This meme was floated out there. You know, there's a group of girls sharing a meme, thinking it's funny to trash another woman who is trying, who started as just a prepper and started working her way into doing body and paint 
which I had so much respect for. And they were all like, you're trash. Like just beating her up. And it's just disgusting. And she's beautiful. She's very pretty. And that's what it boils down to. If someone, it's like someone can't be pretty and be good at what they do. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. If you're a pretty woman, you're attacked more than you are any other, any other kind. Mm-hmm. And, that's, I, that's I, and that might sound very, that might sound very vain, but it is very true. I've had people come on my Instagram and say, you don't actually paint cars and like, tell me what I do and don't do. Like they have a clue. Like I face things like that, but there's a block button for a reason. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Don't no. deal with it. It's don't great. add on to your stress that you have every single day. It's not even worth your time. Those people have nothing better to do than to troll. And someone wanted to say like that I was a lesbian because I stuck up for someone. I was bullied all my life when I was a kid. I mean, I was the dirtiest, poorest kid you could have known in West Virginia. I had nothing. Nothing. And I was picked on continuously. So when I see shit like that, oh, when I see stuff like that happening, it irritates me. It just, it flares that up. Like, but when someone attacks me for sticking up for someone, that just shows their nerve. Yeah. And we go back to that. This kind of leads into the, the direction I want to go. Because we talk about empowering each other, but then there's this whole nother generation and you have a young daughter. How old your daughter? She's five. She's five. What's her name? Angel. Angel. It's like we all want to do, and I have a daughter too. She's 11 years old. She's going to be 12 in October. And she's a beautiful little girl. And what you just described, I said little, she's taller than me. Who am I kidding? But (laughs) as women, we need to band together because we don't need to be thrashing at each other when in this industry, we already have our own sets of challenges where we're trying, we feel like we have to work three and four times harder to be taken seriously and respected in a field, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, in, in the spirit of pride, you, you brought up lesbian. So in the spirit of pride month, I've had men approach me and, oh, you're too pretty to be a lesbian. And I am a lesbian and I'm, I've been with my partner for five years and I'm like, what does that even mean? I've, I've heard the Good question. Your nails are too clean or you have too pretty of nails to work on cars. I'm like, that makes no sense. (laughs) You can wear gloves. I know men who wear gloves when they work on cars. What does that mean? It means nothing. It it is just all rubbish. So let's talk about your daughter a little bit. She's five years old. And I have to ask about being a mother in this industry and owning your own shop. And having a five-year-old, what is that like? Impossible. <laughs> Guilt. I, I, I mean, in all honesty, it's like there's not enough time in the day. And when you do finally slow down, it's like, I need a break from everything. What do you recommend to women? Take a break. It doesn't have to be every day. Especially if you're doing your own thing. Listen, here's the the rule of it you run the business not the business run you key point that's great advice did your daughter ever come into the shop with you yes yes she does yeah 
She's helped me use a fan. She's helped me tinker around with stuff. You know, I want to keep her into it. It's funny because sometimes when she plays with Play-Doh, she acts like she's making seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So I love it that she's into it because of me. And Linda, I asked your permission to bring this up before. You had said to me that your daughter was the main reason, the only reason that you made some significant changes in your life. Is it okay if we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead and share with the listeners what I'm referring to. Okay. September 2019 marks five years of sobriety from opiate addiction. Um, It's been a long road. It's been a hard road. I, I'm, I'm applauding um, you, literally. I don't know if you can yeah. hear it, but kudos to you. Yeah, sister. I can hear it. Kudos to you. It's definitely been a difficult road. Like, I'm, like, twisting my sobriety ring right now. <laughs> people want to know what I'm doing. You have to help more people in your sobriety. That's the only way you, I think you actually stay better. Because I was sober when I was pregnant. I mean, the day I found out, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, this... I can't like she was a, literally a gift from God I was told I couldn't get pregnant even since I haven't been able to and if I had but then it turned into a giant mess and a doctor lost her job we'll just leave it at that but she was definitely a blessing and the the doctor knew I had an, a, a problem and the day after I had given birth to her they started loading me up on pain pills um they gave me about two two more bottles after I had a natural first, you know, nothing. I mean, there was some bad parts of my delivery as far as the cord was wrapped around or they lost her heartbeat. <laughs> like it was just, it was terrifying. It was the worst experience of my life for about seven months. Was it seven? Seven months after I had gave birth to her, I used continuously every single day. I lost our home, everything we owned. Um, I always just stop and reflect on that because it's what keeps me going forward instead of backwards. So that's why the pause. It's just difficult to even think back to who I used to be, to who I am now, and how far I've actually come. It's, I'm, I was never the person who didn't care about other people. I always cared about other people, but I always did have my own, you know, my own wants, my selfishness, you know, my addiction. Um, what would like you, she never went without anything. What but. would you share with listeners that maybe they know someone or themselves are addicted? What would you share with them? Uh, it's okay to give a second chance, but don't keep going after that. Like you got to put a boundary to addicts. Um, that probably was the healthiest thing for me. Parents put up a boundary. People I thought near and dear of put up boundaries. You know, I wasn't the person, I wasn't able to go to that person at time after time. And they just put up healthy boundaries, like healthy boundaries for people who are addicts in your life. Like I don't have half of the friends that I used to have, which is, that's okay. A lot of them have died because of opiate addiction. They didn't make it out alive. And it's okay. Like, they know why they 
are not allowed in your life. It's more about, it's not even about addicts anymore. It's not, it's about their family. That it's more important to reach out to those people in a sense, because you can't make someone go get help that doesn't want to get help. Um, I run a narcotics anonymous support group on Facebook. You know, a couple of them have tried to work the 12 step program, but they're not learning what the 12 step program is. You know, it's like, you can't do something halfway in life. You have to do it 100% or not at all. And I'm not talking about doing drugs to the point of, you know, no return. I'm talking about going to get help and making your life better. Like the 12 step program, it does that. And I'm specifically speaking about, about amends. You know, it's about healing other people. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing. You know, like when I made my amends, there were certain people that I didn't reach out to because it just rehashes stuff. You know, if it's been so long since you've talked to that person, it's probably best that you don't talk to that person and bring up those feelings. I take a lot of pride in my NA group. A lot. Uh, I love every single one of them. I mean, I've got a guy who's, you know, 73 days in today. And I've got someone who pops in and it's their first day and they don't know where to turn and they don't know what to do. And I've got people who are four years, five years like me just a lot of support so maybe that's the reason why I think the way that I do because I've been so low as to not have a home to lose my stuff three times to you know get food out of a dumpster sleep in a house that's abandoned sleep in a place with no plumbing or electricity like I've done it I've been there I've had times where I had no place to go so I'm very grateful for what I have now and it's it's definitely a I stay very humble. Stay humble in all that you do. Because if you don't, you'll slide backwards so fast. You think you're better than someone else. Wake up because you are not, just like I am not, I am not better than anyone. I'm no better than any addict out there because of the shit that I've done in my life. So I'm no better than anyone and no one's better than anyone. We are all the same. We are. I don't care if you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. They might actually be the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, But in all seriousness, we're all the same. I mean, every single one of us, color, age, sex, whatever you want to call yourself. No one's better than nobody. No one. What a powerful, powerful message, Linda. And, you know, I, I want to say thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and trust me and the vegan community to share your story and inspire so many people. There's no wonder why people reach out to you and say they look up to you and view you as a mentor. So it's obvious to me. And I'm sure anyone listening to this would agree with that. Well, I just stay humble. <laughs> that's what it was down to. Staying humble. Like, I'm just, that's it. Wow. What an amazing story. <sighs> I am going to launch into the red, li- red line round, my friend. And what it is, okay. is five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head first is the exact answer it should be. You ready? Okay. Uh, yep. 
Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Robert, for sure, my fiance. Now, currently, I would say, for sure. He's taught me everything that I know currently about everything I do. If I got a question, I turn to him. He's, I mean, he's just, he's always there. So definitely him. That's what it's about. And this kind of leads into my second question, but where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or get stuck on a job? Uh, Robert, a lot of the time. Um, Otherwise, pulling up the good old YouTube. The world is at our fingertips, people. There is nothing we can't do. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's it. That's so true. We rebuilt a carburetor for a 1965 Ford Econoline van using YouTube. (laughs) See? Gotta love it. Yeah. All right. Three. What excites you most about what you do? The people. The reaction. Yeah. Absolute favorite. I love the people. So simply put. Trying to just stop the car. Yep. Mm -hmm. What is a personal habit? or practice that has helped you significantly in this industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? Stopping. Just taking a break. Walk away from it. Do something else. Absolutely. If I'm doing the same car like a week in a row, I'm like, urch, stop. Because I will like finesse that thing like it's I don't know the word. I don't even know what I should be saying. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's a real problem. I had that problem with the Corvette where I was just like very like, no, no. And it was perfect. I was like, what am I doing? What, what am I? Why do I keep going over it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just walk away from it. Take a break. And not like a 15 minute break. <laughs> like a day break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great clarification. That's, that's what I'll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally, what is your parting advice? to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades industry? Take your time. Don't be in a rush. Everything comes in time. You'll end up where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing, even if it is or isn't this. Love it, love it, love it. Linda, where and how can people connect with you and your business? A woman's work. Specifically on Instagram. I do have a Facebook account, but I'm usually just more active on my Instagram. Um, I'm more likely to respond to you as well. Just because Facebook messaging is just a pain. And your handles are? A woman's worth. Uh, all underscores in between and after. Linda, I want to thank you so much for being in the driver's seat. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and hearing your story. I've had so much fun chatting with you. Hey, it's Linda Meck, the owner of A Woman's Worth Paint and Body, and I am Femme Mechanics. Femme Mechanics, you asked for it, and here it is served on a silver platter. You asked for DIY videos. Katie from Katie's Garage is a tax accountant by day and a YouTube vlogger by night. She takes her viewers back to car basics. During the next episode, she shares her automotive journey and how to connect with her content on Car Basics. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. 
Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?